0: Welcome to Agape Ministries Podcasts, a whole new way of thinking. Episode 86, part 2 of the talk given by Francis Hogan on Facing Up to Reality.
1: You didn't give me a lift, so I won't give you one. That's absolutely on ground floor level, the flesh stuff. But the Spirit of God enables you to do things that are much more wonderful than that. Love that is poured into us through the Holy Spirit uh, first of all appears uh, to do nothing because it's working so hard inside of us. It's only when it begins to work around us that we begin to notice, wow, this is extraordinary. But eventually when the love begins to burst into flame, it can become a huge fire. Saint Therese said, for example, that there were times when she could feel that she was actually burning with this love. Saint Gemma Galgani um, used to say that her heart was expanding. And after she died, they uh, opened her up and the heart was totally abnormally big. And she said it was love, did it? She said she could feel her heart expanding, taking up more space in her body. Sometimes the saints experienced what Therese called transports of love. Now, there's no possibility of experiencing a transport of love unless you have dealt with the selfishness. Divine love and selfishness will not inhabit the same thing. It just will not. And one of the uh, great sadnesses for me is that while Christians have this possibility of being so filled with the Spirit of God that Jesus said, it will burst out of you like a fountain of living water and give life to everything around you even though that possibility is there. The incredible thing is the number of Christians who don't look happy. True or false? Now, if we don't look happy, it means we don't feel it because we write everything on our faces, you know. And if we're not feeling it, then there is something wrong in the way we are receiving the Holy Spirit. If you uh, get an infilling of the Holy Spirit and do absolutely nothing about it, the love will die. Love absolutely demands expression. Absolutely demands it. And the more you express the love in loving service to others and surrender to the Lord... The more you do that, the more space there is for the Holy Spirit to come and fill you to an even greater extent. And your capacity to receive God grows and grows and grows and grows. Your capacity to share love and life with others grows and grows and grows. Your capacity to communicate God to others grows and grows to the point where you don't even have to speak to someone and the Spirit of God will work through you with that person. You may not even have noticed that a person has need and the Lord will use you. But you do have to be receiving the love and you do have to be expressing it. Now, the more we act in love, Now, acting in love means that you don't have ulterior motives. Let me show you what an an ulterior motive is. Um, I was asked to to fast for this conference, okay? So I'll fast for the conference, and in the back of my mind I'll say, don't mind losing a few pounds either, you know? (laughs) Is that fasting any use? Just lose your few pounds. But if you're going to fast, you actually do it for God. So we have to really sort out the motivation. We might might make a donation towards charity, and the people at the other end really desperately need the money you're giving them, okay? But you could be doing it like because somebody's looking at you and they'll notice you're giving this big donation. Oh, sorry, it's spoiled. Jesus said, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Real love has an extraordinary simplicity about it. And it has an extraordinary love about it. It has an extraordinary... um, um, What do I want to say? Unselfishness. You're not looking at yourself at all. You're literally only looking at the other person. I I was incredibly impressed some years ago uh, when there was... uh, uh, a desperate need for some disaster that was happening, and they 're happening so frequently now and um, noticing that a young man who was only looked only about sixteen or seventeen he had just received his first pay packet, and there 's nothing like the first one. This is it you earned it yourself, you own. Every single scrap of it. You can do what you like with this. This is your money. The very first pay packet is very special. And he took it out of his pocket and he looked at it and put it straight into the thing and left himself with no money to pay the rent for his apartment or to pay his bills or to eat I wasn't supposed to have seen, but I have Hawkeyes. I was very impressed. I said, that will truly bless the people at the other end. Because it's given sacrificially. He gave the widow's might. He gave everything. He had nothing for another month. It was absolutely fantastic. But he didn't know anybody noticed. He thought he was just one of a crowd. But it was most impressive. Love has this ability to touch you and you just say to yourself, no, that's different. That's not ordinary run-in-the-mill. There's something special about this. If someone lays hands on you in pure love, it is just so special that whether you needed a desperate healing or not, the very fact that someone has reached out to you in pure love is the most wonderful consolation you can get on this earth. Because love strengthens you. Love fortifies you against the hard knocks of life. Love consoles you. The very fact that you've met love is something very, very special. And what the Lord wants so that the church will recover is that this love will be let loose among us. Now, Satan always wants to destroy it, to bring in some other thing into it. But you'll always know when love has been interfered with. Love is very pure. It, it is just so pure because it's a, a presence of God. And when you receive it, you feel cleansed. You also feel very, very humble. Very humble. Pure love really is very humbling because you know there's nothing you can do to deserve it, nothing at all. To be the agent of that love for other people is to be a healer per se. Now, I'm not talking about that gift of healing or that ministry of healing. I'm saying you're a healer per se. Because love creates, love heals, love fortifies, love consoles. You take a person who's really grieving and hold them in your arms. Say nothing. Say nothing. Love doesn't have to say anything. Love is its own reward let the love heal them. What the Holy Spirit wants to bring out in us is this incredible fruit of love. But the fruit of love doesn't appear overnight. The last thing that appears on the tree is the fruit. You get all the other growth first. You have to get the leaves and the flowers, and eventually the fruit. And when the fruit comes, first of all, it's very small, and it's not edible. The fruit has to grow to its proper size, and it has to receive enough of the sunshine for it to become sweet, so that its very eating is consoling. And it is the fruit of the Spirit that the Lord wants To bring out of us so that the body of Christ is able to give this wonderful thing to the society around us that's falling apart. Because what's happening around us in the world today is that love is dying. Love has been sinned against. Love is dying. And when love is dying, nothing is possible. You can throw any amount of money you like at the health service, it's not going to work. Is it? No. But let someone come to help the sick who has love in their hearts and everything begins to change. Everything begins to change. We can think of all kinds of solutions when love is present. We can think of nothing when love is absent. A definition of hell is a place where nobody loves. Any time you and I experience a breakdown in relationships or a disturbance in relationships, we usually spontaneously call it hell, don't we? Just hell. And it was. Because it's the absence of love. Anytime we meet with love, whether it's the eros, the philos, or the agape, any time we meet with love, we cheer up. Because love gives life. Love gives hope. Love is utterly life-giving. And so the Spirit of God wants to work in us, but we have to be actively uh, reaching out in love to others. Now don't wait until your motivation is perfect. Uh, just do it and let the Lord purify the motivation. And just say, Lord, look, I noticed there was a bit of me in that, but can you remove the bit of me and put a bit of you in instead? And gradually you will learn. And when you learn how to love with all the bits of me removed and only Jesus himself coming through by the power of the Spirit, then you are ready for the second fruit of the Spirit, which is joy. And the, the saints call it the joy of loving. The joy of serving, the sheer privilege of it, that uh, joy tells you you're already experiencing heaven on earth. You're already having a foretaste of what you will have in its completeness. And a person who has discovered the fruit of joy, it's the companion of love. You don't get it without the love. But anyone who has experienced the fruit of joy will tell you that it's worth any sacrifice any sacrifice because the love and the joy open you up for the third person of the Trinity and that's peace and when you experience this complete redemption of your being in love and joy and peace you are able as a human being to relate as fully as possible to the Father the Son, and the Holy Spirit, who are love, joy, and peace. I shall know as I am known, Paul says. I know him whom I have loved, Paul says. I no longer live, Christ lives in me. And he says it, that you can even pick the joy off the page, the sheer privilege off the page. I know the one in whom I love. And when St. John tries to tell you uh, something about Jesus at the beginning of his first letter, and he's writing this probably 50 or 60 years later, you can still pick up the extraordinary joy that he has. And I'll finish with this. And don't forget that you can ask for it all at Mass. Don't forget. You can ask before then as well something which has existed since the beginning, that we have heard with our own ears, understood, that we've seen with our own eyes, that we've watched, that we've touched with our own hands. The word who is life, this is our subject. That life was made visible in the incarnation, understood. We saw it and we are giving our testimony, telling you of the eternal life which was with the Father and was made visible to us. What we have seen and heard we're telling you so that you too may be in union with us as we are in union with the Father through his Son, Jesus Christ. There you've got the body of Christ with the relationships right. And experiencing what Jesus said in uh, John 15, 9, as the Father has loved me, so in exactly the same way, I love you. That means you're loved infinitely, absolutely, unconditionally, eternally. If you don't experience the fruits of the Spirit, it's because we have not put into practice the graces that we have received and therefore we have not actually made enough room for the work of the spirit because the spirit will always produce the same fruit it's his signature i was here it's his signature you'll always know these fruits will be in this person's life and you'll meet that person and gradually over the years they will become more quiet in themselves, more joyful, more confident. I remember uh, uh, speaking in a parish uh, in Worcester many years ago, and I shared one of what I call my treasures like this, and uh, I thought, I don't know how many in the congregation will really grasp what I'm saying. And when I was finished, a lady who looked to me in her late 80s walked up the center of the church And I said to the priest, oh, don't go anywhere. She's probably going to tick me off. (laughs) And she came up and she looked at me and she said, imagine a young thing like you knows that. (laughs) And I was absolutely thrilled. There was one generation who had broken through to this and didn't know that another generation had broken through. But of course, you need the older generation to have broken through to pass on to the next generations. So it's essential for the younger people that you break through. It's essential that they can look and say, that's what it is. There's the signature of the Spirit. Isn't that a wonderful thing to talk about on the Day of Pentecost?
0: Francis Hogan Thank you, Francis. Um, and I just um, just personally want to thank Francis for, for coming over to Ireland I'm really blessing us um, uh, this weekend, and I do you know uh, really mean, as a young person in the church, um, she's just very inspiring to listen to and um, Thank you. Thank you for taking the time to listen to these episodes. Our prayer is that as you listen and reflect on these teachings, that you'll be encouraged to continue your journey to maximize your potential to have a good and a happy life. So sign in again next week for more teaching on how you can follow the Jesus way to experience your life as filled with meaning, purpose, and joy. So God bless and stay safe.